Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. All the men of the church who will bow with me across this altar and ask God to do just that this morning, break every chain in this house. Uh, Please don't feel obligated, but if you would join us, this is a church and the men like to do this. We bow down before the Lord our God and we ask Him to touch and we ask Him to bless. I think we should extend our prayer this morning uh, beyond our service. Uh, This is the last Lord's Day before a major election in our nation. And let's ask God to not only break every chain here, but to break every chain uh, in this nation and to put His hand upon this week and all the events of this week. Uh, Brother Bill Jenkins, would you lead us in this prayer? Let's pray together. Father God, in Jesus' name, we just come before you realizing, God, that we are a people in bondage. Lord, there's been so much that has transpired in our life that, God, we'd like to just completely forget. But, God, we realize that only through the blood of Jesus and the blood that cleanses all of our sins can we truly find liberty in the Holy Ghost. Mm. So, Father God, let that blood begin to just course down, cover every fault, seal every crack. God, for our nation, for our world, it seems like, God, that we've got so many other gods, so many other desires, so many other passions, when, God, truly, the only passion we need to have is you. So, Father God, in Jesus' name, bring us back to you. Bring us to that cross. Liberate us by your Spirit. God, may you be glorified in this house to such an extent that the people passing by on the highway pulling their boat to the gulf would fall under conviction. Come in and feel the touch of God. May their lives be changed as chains fall off of them. Thank you for the freedom that we find only in you, Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. like for you to open your Bibles to one verse this morning, Revelation 12, 11. Revelation 12, 11. Uh, this is one of those last minute messages that the Lord changed on me this week. Uh, the more I meditated on this being the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church, I felt the Holy Spirit directing me in this direction. So, Revelation twelve eleven will be the scripture we look at in just a moment. But this morning I want to speak to you just for a moment on the subject, the testimony of the martyrs. The testimony of the martyrs. Those who have laid down their lives 
for the cause of Christ. According to the dictionary, a martyr is someone who voluntarily suffers death rather than deny their faith. And the Bible has a lot to say about martyrs. We'll just look at one verse this morning. Revelation 12:11 says, And they overcame him, and this is talking about Christians, those who were the true followers of God, overcoming the enemy, Satan himself, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. By the way, most of the time when we quote this verse, we stop right there. But the scripture does not stop there. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. One translation says, they weren't in love with themselves, they were willing to die for Christ. In other words, they won the victory by actually laying their lives down. According to the Bible, a martyr is someone who has won the victory and overcome the evil one through their own death. The first Christian martyr was a deacon by the name of Stephen. Stephen is called by the theologians the proto-martyr, the first martyr, the first one to give himself for the cause of Jesus Christ, the first one to make the supreme sacrifice after the crucifixion of Jesus on the cross. The interesting thing about Stephen is, as the Bible says, he was full of faith, he was full of power, and he did many wonders and signs among the people. Now you would think that if someone was full of faith and full of power, and someone was doing miracles and wonders and signs among the people, you would think that they would rally to him. You would think that they would listen to him. You would think they would follow his leadership. They did not. They killed him. And he was the first Christian martyr. The second Christian martyr was the Apostle James. James was put to death by Herod, and the Bible tells us that Herod did it to please the people. The people in the nation hated James. He was the leader of the church. And they hated him, and they wanted him put to death. And the Bible tells us that Herod had him executed and put him to death to please the people. He did it for his own popularity. He was the second Christian martyr, and... According to two early Christian historians, Eusebius and Clement of Alexander, there was a very interesting event that took place around the martyrdom of the Apostle James. These two historians tell us that the soldier who was standing by his side when he was to be executed after he beheld the witness, the testimony, the, the countenance, the composure of the Apostle James. These two historians both tell the same story. They say the soldier, at that moment of execution, declared himself a Roman soldier, declared himself, at this moment I declare myself to be a Christian and a follower of Jesus. And the historians tell us that they executed both of them 
right there on the spot. And if that be the case, then a Roman soldier was the third martyr, the third Christian martyr. I can't help but believe that there must have been some exchange between the Apostle James and this soldier. Perhaps it went something like this. You know Jesus will give you life if you'll trust Him with all of your heart. If you'll put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, He will give you life. Perhaps James said to him, Now they will give you death, but He will give you life. I don't know what happened, but I know somehow, some way, that soldier, if these historians are correct, that soldier declared himself to be a follower of Jesus Christ and was executed with Him. How amazing. One of these days in heaven, if you run up to somebody and you say, tell me your story, and he says, my story is a short story because I got converted and two minutes later I got executed. You're probably talking to this soldier. And by the way, I don't know about you, but I would, I would call that a genuine conversion, wouldn't you? You see, our conversions here in the United States can be pretty weak at times. Literally, I've had people walk down the aisle of the churches where I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and make a profession of faith and walk out the doors and never return. I've had people that didn't even show up for their own baptism. We're weak. But in other places in the world, they give their hearts and lives to Christ. They know, they know persecution is in store. They know that there's a good likelihood they will be put to death. And, and so, so I believe this soldier probably truly met Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Well, if we look at these first three, we see the blood trail has begun. One by one, the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ were martyred for their faith. All but one suffered martyrdom. They did not love their lives to the death. From that day, from the beginning of those early martyrs to this day, Christians have been laying down their lives for the witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. The late researcher David B. Barrett puts the number of Christians martyred since the time of Jesus at 70 million. He puts the number of Christians systematically exterminated in Nazi Germany at one million. This was a man who did intensive research. The number of Orthodox Christians and others murdered in Russia between 1917 and 1950 at 15 million. In China, at least 200,000 Christians were killed in the Boxer Rebellion of 1998 to 1900 to 1898 to 1900. Another 700,000 were killed in communist China between 1950 and 1980. The number of Catholics killed in Mexico from the late 1800s to the 1930s is estimated at 107,000, while 300,000 Christians are believed to have been killed under Idi Amin in Uganda between 1971 and 1979. 
And I'm serious, you do your own research. Time does not permit us to continue with this list. But this is what we know. The blood of the martyrs of the Lord Jesus Christ have been testifying to us for 2,000 years. In a report to the United Nations, the Vatican, which keeps excellent records and they do deep and intensive research, the Vatican officials warned the United Nations this announcement was made at the United Nations in session. They warned the United Nations that the worldwide Christian death toll in 2012 was actually over 100,000. And you've just heard the report that over 300,000 have believed to have been killed Christians in the last year. Can you imagine 50, 60 Christians being executed while you and I are sitting in this service? While we're at ease in Zion, they're putting their lives on the line. Here's my question for you today is, who, who would die for a lie? Who would die for a lie? I can think of several answers. Maybe a person who's mentally disturbed. Maybe a person who is confused mentally. Maybe they would die for a lie. Maybe somebody who's severely deceived. They think they found the truth, but they haven't. Maybe that person would die for a lie. But I'm asking you this morning, would 70 million people through the span of 2,000 years die for the same lie? No. It's not even practical. 70 million Christians have been willing to lay down their lives because they found something they were absolutely positively sure of. They knew they had found the truth. And so I stand before you this morning to tell you that the testimony of the martyrs cannot be ignored. It should not be ignored. It is an offense to God, I believe, for us to ignore that. I haven't had time to really develop this message. It's a last-minute message, but I do want to tell you this. I believe the testimony of the martyrs should be the compelling argument that turns every backslider around. Think about it. Here in America, we have Christians who are growing cold and drifting away from the faith and doing what they want to and becoming less dedicated almost every day. While we have Christians in other countries who are standing the ground, their ground, they're refusing to compromise. They will not back up. They're being persecuted, imprisoned, separated from their families. They're being persecuted and executed. Oh, friends, that, that's a compelling argument that says, if you're drifting away from your faith, maybe you should turn around and start taking it more seriously. Maybe you should be coming back. I really don't think we in America should take for granted what people in other nations are dying for. God have mercy upon us. Oh, friends, the testimony of the martyrs is a compelling argument that should bring every backslider back. 
And this service should, if it has not already been to you, a time of renewal, a time of rededication, a time where you renew your faith in Christ. But I'll also tell you the testimony of the martyrs should cause the doubters and the skeptics to do some personal investigating for yourself. If we happen to have one doubter in the congregation this morning, do some personal investigation. Find out for yourself. Can you imagine one day standing before the judgment of God and the Lord Jesus Christ Himself saying to you, saying to you personally, you were told that 70 million people laid down their lives for me and refused to deny me, and you didn't even check it out for yourself? You didn't do any personal investigation. You closed your ears to the testimony of 70 million people. You're standing before me today and you ignored the testimony of 70 million. Can you imagine the horror of that moment? I challenge you, if you're a skeptic, just do your own investigating. You don't have to take my word for it. Do your own investigating. Did you know that we know a number of stories where people, intellectual, educated people, have put out, have, dis- have started the journey to disprove Christianity and to prove that Christ was a fraud. And one by one they get converted. One by one they come to the knowledge. Well, one of the most prolific writers we have in America right now, a brilliant man, a genius, an awesome writer, was a lawyer and he got so sick of Christianity he decided that he would disprove it as a lawyer would disprove something in a court of law. And as he began his journey methodically trying to take it apart, it wasn't long before he realized that the testimony of Jesus Christ would stand up in any court in history. He gave his life to Christ and now that lawyer is writing books and defending the cause of Christ in the courtroom of public opinion and saying He is the Christ. He is the Lord. Do it for yourself. Do it for yourself. Let me tell you something. 70 million people may be wrong, but you should find out. But I can tell you, they're not wrong. But I also want to tell you this. That the testimony of the martyrs should be for us The faithful, those who show up at church every Sunday, those who worship the Lord, those who read their Bibles, the testimony of the martyrs should be for us one of the greatest encouragements in all the world. Not a discouragement, but an encouragement. Now don't get me wrong, I'm sad. My heart is broken when I hear about the persecution and the execution of my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I want you to know that I feel a responsibility. I hope you will feel a responsibility. Our brother Paul did a great job. And he's going to stand in the gap between us and these persecuted Christians reminding us on an ongoing basis to pray for them. We should pray for them. We should intercede for them. We should help them. We should should activate as a body in Christ. We should do everything we can. And I believe... That it is horrible what the church in America is doing. We're ignoring 
our brothers and sisters in Christ who are suffering. But that aside, I just want to tell you this, friends. All of this persecution and all of this martyrdom is an encouragement. It's a validation. It validates our faith. Now, if you think, Pastor, where in the world are you going with this? How could that possibly be? Well, friends, it's very simple. All you've got to do is read your Bible. Think for just a moment. If nobody was trying to stop Christianity, if nobody was trying to stamp it out, if nobody was trying to defeat it, if no one was trying to kill it, if no one was trying to, to wipe this movement off the face of the earth, then something would be wrong. Listen, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, For my name's sake, you will be hated by all nations. If that's not bad enough, Jesus said the day will come when if someone kills you, they will think they're doing God a service. You, You see, friends, if no one was fighting against Christianity, if no one was trying to defeat it and destroy it, then it wouldn't be valid. It would not line up with Scripture and what the Word of God says. The fact is, Christianity is the most persecuted religion on the face of the earth. Far above and beyond all the others. Why? Because Christianity is true. It's truth. It is founded on the way, the truth, and the life. Christianity is persecuted because it is true. It is the one religion on the face of the earth that's based upon truth. And don't forget Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's based on truth. And that's the reason Satan hates it. That's the reason Satan is trying to destroy it. That's the reason uh, Satan has been killing Christians from the beginning. That little narration that I used to do many years ago speaks volumes. Emperors have tried to destroy it. Philosophies have tried to stamp it out. Tyrants have tried to wash it from the face of the earth with the very blood of those who claimed it. Yet still it stands. And there shall be that final day when every voice that has ever uttered a sound, every voice of Adam's race shall be raised in one great mighty chorus to proclaim the name of Jesus. For in that day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Oh! Child of God, do you understand why the testimony of the martyrs should be encouraging us? Seventy million of our brothers and sisters have shed their blood for the faith. They've been killed. They've been annihilated. And still it stands. It cannot be stopped. It cannot be silenced. Why? Because it's the truth. It's the truth. It's the way, the truth, and the light. Don't ever be intimidated. Don't ever let anybody cause you to back up. You tell people there's one way, and He is Jesus. And no man comes unto the Father except by Him. That He is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way. He's the one way. And that's the reason the enemy's been trying to stamp it out all along. He's the one way. Oh, my friends. 
Do you understand there are religions? We know the major religions, but do you understand there are religions in every little pocket all around the world? There are all kinds of religions. And for the most part, none of them are being persecuted. They're not, they're not suffering martyrdom. I'm not saying it never happens, but it does not happen on the scale of that of Christianity. You know why? Because the enemy of truth will not fight against a religion that's not based on truth. The enemy won't do that. You, if you have truth, and by the way, river of life, hear me. I don't want to scare you this morning, but if God does what I think He's going to do in this church, if God keeps moving in this church like I believe will happen, I think we're on the threshold of a great and mighty move of God. If God keeps doing this, and we start standing up, and we start holding up the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ unapologetically and unashamedly before a lost world, persecution will come. Persecution will come. Start a movement that's not based on truth. And the world will embrace you. But by the way, did you know that America will pass laws to protect the rights of false religions? But they'll discriminate against Christianity. It's true. It's happened it's happened right here in America. See, Satan will not fight against something that's false. If you if you doubt what I'm saying, then you could do this. I hope you won't. But you could do this. You could start your own religion. Now that may sound far-fetched, but throughout history people have done that on a regular basis. So you could start your own religion. And, and there's a reason why I would tell you you could do this. You're just going to prove me right if you do this. You could start your own religion. And I can tell you, more than likely, you won't be martyred for religion other than that of Jesus Christ. You can start your own religion. Start your own movement. If you're interested, I have a suggestion for you. At least a name. You could call it the religion of a better place. I think that would be a great name, don't you? The religion of a better place. Sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah, and by the way, have you noticed lately that when somebody dies, he's in a, sit with me, he's in a better place. Never went to church, never read his Bible, never made a profession of faith, never stood up for truth, lived like a heathen, but he's in a better place. She was a reprobate. She never served God. She was mean as a snake. But she's in a better place. You see, the reason I think that would be a great name is because it's already out there. and It's already there, right? You, I mean, you could use that. That would work, wouldn't it? And by the way, I think if you would... If you did some real good, savvy marketing, I think you could make millions. I think you could make millions doing this. 
You could call it the religion of a better place. You could do your own statement of faith. You could call it the non-burdensome faith. No burdens in this faith. Join our movement. You can drink like a fish. You can cuss like a sailor. You can have morals like a monkey. You can lie like a politician. You can indulge yourself in all the perversions of the world. You can throw away the old-fashioned standards of God's Word and live like you want to. And if you believe, when you die, you'll what? Go to a better place. See, I think people sign up for that like crazy. I think you could get a movement going. Man, just like that. And by the way, if you're... I hope nobody's taking me seriously, but if somebody here... If you're taking me seriously, I've got an idea for your headquarters. Washington, D.C. <laughs> People believe that way, don't they? They're already thinking that way. People all over Walkala County believe that you cannot read your Bible, not stand up for Jesus, not make a profession of faith. Live like you want to, and when you die, you will go to a better place. That's what they believe. You say, Pastor, what's your point? My point is, if you start that movement, Satan will not bother you at all. He will not mess with you. Why? Because the enemy of truth will not fight against a religion that has zero truth in it. And he already knows that everybody that buys into that religion will bust hell wide open. Why would he fight against it? They may think they're going to a better place. But they're not. I, I know this is terrible. But... uh Every now and then I'll hear somebody say, you know, he's in a better place. And I don't say this, and I'm never going to say this, I hope. But I want to think, I wonder how hot it is in that better place. Oh, friends. The, the enemy, one of the validations of our faith, let me say it again. The testimony of the martyrs is the validation of our faith. Yesterday. I sat down and I wrote this out. And I want to apologize to you for reading this, but I'm afraid I'll mess it up if I don't read it. So I'm going to read it to you. And I'll conclude with this. If someone told me they received a visit from an alien, an extraterrestrial, do I have your attention? Okay, just bear with me. If someone told me they received a visit from an alien, an extraterrestrial, I guess, I guess it's possible if they were convincing enough, I just might believe them. Or at least I would believe that they believe it happened to them. But I'll tell you what I would not do. I would not give my life upon their testimony. Testimony. 
If a movement started trying to kill all the people who claimed to have seen and talked to an alien, I would not join that movement. I would not give my life upon their testimony. I wouldn't die for someone else's testimony. I just wouldn't do it. I didn't see the alien. I didn't experience a visit from an alien. It didn't happen to me. No, I wouldn't do it. No way would I sacrifice my life because someone else told me they'd seen an alien. It's their testimony. They can die for it if they want to, but not me. I wouldn't die for someone else's testimony even if I believed them. I don't think anybody in their right mind would do that. But, if after I heard their testimony, I received a visit and had a personal experience myself with that same alien, and it completely changed my life, and the whole experience gave me hope and joy and peace and something better and sweeter than anything I'd ever known in this world. Now that's another story. And then on top of that, if I learned that countless of millions have had the same experience with that same alien, and millions have willingly laid down their lives for what they had found. Well, friends, that would change everything. Now, here's the truth. Buckle your seatbelts. Don't jump up and run out. Jesus Christ is the one alien that truly exists. He's the one extraterrestrial. An extraterrestrial is a living being beyond our world. He's the one extraterrestrial that we should be focused on. By the way, child of God, the next time someone asks you if you believe in extraterrestrials, if you believe the Bible, say yes! Countless millions of them. They are called angels. They are from outside of our world and they visit with us on a regular basis. They're not of this world, but they visit us all the time. But don't stop there. You should say there is just one extraterrestrial that really matters. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the Son of God. Now, I know that's an injustice to say it that way. He's a million times more than that. He's the architect, the designer, the creator, the sustainer of the universe. He's the Savior who keeps revealing Himself to millions of people in every generation. However, even knowing all of that to be true, I still wouldn't die for Him Upon your testimony. And I don't think anybody else in their right mind would either. But listen to me this morning. Those who have had a personal encounter with Him. Those who have had an encounter with the One who lives outside of our little world. Those who have been changed by Him. Received hope from Him. Found in Him something far above and beyond all the pleasures of this world. Those who have tasted and found out that He is real and good and better than life itself. Have been willing for 2,000 years to lay down their lives and die rather than deny Him. This is a testimony that we cannot deny. And child of God, it's a testimony 
that encourages my soul. Would you bow with me in prayer? Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.